Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of What They Don't Tell You at the Hair Salon. It is I, your favorite indie author extraordinaire, Ladosha Wright, aka Key Lolo, coming to you live and direct from Cleveland, Ohio, where the weather is just as crazy as these gray hairs coming off of my head. It was 75 degrees yesterday, and today, by the way, it's Monday, uh, March the 7th, and it's actually going to snow outside. So that's how cray cray the weather and my gray hair is. But today we have something that is not so cray cray, and that is a wonderful podcast titled Hair Business According to Consquilla. And I am so excited to have this wonderful entrepreneur on this platform. So I hope all of my lovely, loyal, faithful listeners are going to enjoy learning about hair business that is of course according to Consquilla so we are going to be interviewing her but you know how we throw down here on what they don't tell you at the hair salon first we have our top three current events and then I'm going to bring my homegirl into the chat and we are going to have a wonderful discussion about hair business and of course we are going to tell you how you can reach out to her and learn more about her services and maybe even get in her chair, okay? So let's get it going on. So of course, we know the war in Ukraine is just absolutely ludicrous and we don't know what's going on with Putin, but I'm telling you, if we just go ahead on and you know use his name accordingly like he nothing but a Putin fool, he might just stop, but I don't know, he's egotistical, so it probably won't happen. So in solidarity, uh, to the people in Ukraine, which unfortunately, though, they ain't treating black people so right over there, so I've been told. I don't know. But it's a war, so we know that that brings out the worst in people. But either way it goes, it's still not cool. So to show a little solidarity, I dished my Russian hair care products. I know what you guys are thinking. Did you really have Russian hair care products in your hair salon? Hey, my specialty is trichology. I don't hate. I don't even discriminate. Russians actually have some pretty darn good hair care products. And so we were carrying a few of their um, product lines in our salon. So we're not, we pulled them off of the shelves um, because they're pressing our people over in the Ukraine and they're pressing the Ukrainians. So we don't have to, you know, stick it to them like where it hurts, which is in the pocket. So we hope that this will not go into a full-fledged war, but you know how humans are. Sometimes they're just so naughty. Uh, speaking of naughty, the Crown Act is making sure that we're not so naughty here in the United States. We're still pressing full steam ahead to make this happen in every state in the United States where discrimination against textured hair is a no, no, including here in Ohio. So we need you guys to email that uh, the committee that the uh, the Crown Act is sitting in actually is the Criminal Justice Committee. Don't ask me why it's sitting there, but we need you guys to, to email each and every 
uh, committee member and ask them to vote it out so we can get that bill in front of the legislators so we can vote it into law. And of course, that is here in Ohio. And then I don't know if you guys have seen, um, had an opportunity two weeks ago, um, Sally celebrated Black History Month. Well, they honored, rather, Black History Month uh, with uh, Taraji P. Henson and Gabrielle Union. Now, this last uh, current event is a perfect segue into my interview with uh, the lovely Miss Consquilla. And so, um, how we say it, what had happened was uh, Sally's put on a um, an event on YouTube where they had like a roundtable discussion. It was called Founder by Founder, and again. Uh, and uh, it was there um, uh, Taraji P. Henson rather she was there Gabrielle Union they had the do Maya Smith by the way in case you're wondering well who are these people the do is this wonderful sister uh, out of Georgia who has like a hip hop inspired kind of a natural hair care line and then they had Pakella uh, uh, Riley who has the true and pure texture that's the hair weave line and then they had Monique Rodriguez which of course just about everybody on this podcast know who she is and that is the owner of Miel Organics. It was a wonderful uh, 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 interview. I thought the platform on YouTube was the perfect place to have it. However, maybe my interview with Consquilla, as I'm about to bring her in, uh, she can kind of help unpack some things I thought they missed, uh, which primarily was about the education of cosmetology. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in Miss Consquilla Carey. She is the CEO, the master cosmetologist, and she is the beauty school. Um, she also has a beauty school and she is a mom. So um, Consquilla, thank you so much for joining me on What They Don't Tell You at the Hair Salon. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes, this is such an honor. So now I'm looking at your bio here. Now I'm going to have to admit, so don't laugh at me, okay? Now you it says here that you got into cosmetology long before you became licensed by, you know, styling your doll's hair. And then you went on to working on family and friends. You underwent an apprenticeship in your hometown. And here we have you today. Is that, that's really how it went down? Yes, that's exactly how it went down. Now, what do you say about cosmetologists like me? Because, you know, I, I didn't take that route. Do you think that a person can, you know, get into hair care without having the, the, the innate passion like you have? It's different types of hairstylists. So I've seen some, I mean, I went to beauty school. I was in my early 20s, but it was people there in their 40s and 50s. And one lady was actually in her late 40s she had no experience with doing hair and she learned everything from scratch she moved on to open several salons throughout baltimore and she had a pretty successful career so it just depends on your drive and how determined you are um because then i know people like myself who naturally knew how to do hair but they never were successful at it because they didn't have any motivation or they didn't take the profession seriously 
Well, hopefully by the end of this interview, you will have helped those types of people out. Because remember, if you listen to what she just said, you don't have to be born with it. You just really have to have the passion and surround yourself with some good business acumented people. And you can press full steam ahead because I was not born with the gift, but I did surround myself with wonderful people uh, like Miss Carrie. And so here I stand today. I'm able to do a podcast and just a little bit of hair. Now, I also see here in your um, podcast that you actually have CC's Beauty Institute. Uh, So tell us a little bit about the Beauty Institute because people always want education, contrary to popular belief. Yes, CC's Beauty Institute LLC is a licensed cosmetology school. So when you attend my program, you will graduate from 1,500 hours and you will go on to receive a cosmetology license once you pass state board. So it's not one of like those certificate programs where people just taking it to learn how to do a style. You'll actually leave with a cosmetology license. I have an online format and a hybrid format. So you can log on to my portal, take some classes online. Then I have Zoom classes and then I have a cohort set up so students can come in together and on scheduled dates. And they come in and do some in-person classes as well as the online. Wow. Now, that's so rare. Uh, We don't have... Um, I don't think we have an African-American-owned cosmetology school here in Cleveland. So um, so you said you get 1,500 hours. Now, um, is there a requirement? So do they have to have a high school diploma just for people who are listening? They have to have a high school diploma. And that's the main requirement is to have your high school diploma or GED. All right. So Um, they live in a state that has a 1500 hour requirement of reciprocity with Virginia, then they can come as well. Okay, do you hear that? Reciprocity. Now, we know that during the pandemic, some people had to stop school. Also, some people did move and relocate. So if you are one of those people who had to take a pause for the cause in your cosmetology education, CC's Beauty Institute that's located in Richmond, Virginia, she is able to receive some of those cosmetology hours and you'll be able to carry forth. If not, as long as you have your high school diploma or that equivalent uh, you are able to entertain you can give her a call or reach out to her we're going to get her information and you can uh, continue on to become a cosmetologist which we believe is this is the number one career on the planet of course next to being a mom so I see here you also um, have a son and uh, he um, uh, he's autistic and so you have a passion and dedication uh, for children with autism so please tell us about your son and your passion for autism yeah so my son he's actually 27 now um, he was born premature 20 seven weeks and then he always had a developmental delay and then when he got older we found out that he was autistic um he has a learning disability and he have a problem sometimes fitting in with other people and um but he plays in the viola and he's in college right now studying music it's been a struggle with us you know for him to go to school because of his disability and he was accepted to Virginia State University, which is a HBCU. I graduated from an HBCU as well. So he'll start there in the fall and will transfer from the community college. 
So that is the mighty, mighty super mom that you are. And so it also speaks to your passion. So I commend you. And, uh, you know, higher education is really, really important. And not that I'm blaming everything on number 45, but you have to admit that when uh, Donald Trump was in office, there seemed to be a big put down uh, for higher education. And they kind of snobbed people uh, who have higher education and being a cosmetologist. Uh, you don't often meet cosmetologists who also um, have a degree. So I definitely, I salute you and I hold you in the highest regard for you, uh, you know, just pushing forward with your son and, you know, making sure that uh, he receives the education that he's entitled to, that he has access to it and he's able to participate amidst adversity, which of course we have that in mind. So again, I salute you so much for that because education is key in any facet, whether you are going to college or you are going to attend CC's Beauty Institute. So um, so thank you so much for um, sharing that with us because today um, actually marks uh, 11 years that I lost my son who was 25 years old. And so I know as a mom how important it is that we pour into our children and also uh, that we pour into our business so that we can support our children. So the topic here or the focus is about hair business and it is very evident that you surely you know have uh, what's needed to help people in hair business. So what are like, give us like three important factors because I have a lot listeners who are licensed cosmetologists I always share my podcast with um, you know students and you know salon owners because we network we do work together so share with us like three important factors when we're talking about opening a hair salon well the most important factor is making sure you have enough money to open some people start a project and financially and then if you don't have enough to figure out how will you get enough money come up with a marketing plan how you want to market how you want to get new customers and just make sure it's your passion and making sure you find a building that's suitable don't get a building that needs a huge build out you know I always tell people try to find an existing salon that just went out of business or the person moved out that's what I did with every salon I ever opened I've opened three so far and I always came into a building that was already an existing salon. Okay. Now let me, I have a, can I, can I confess? I just have a, do you mind, can I confess to you? Go ahead. Now, now when I confess, I want you to be really honest because this podcast is really about what they don't tell you at the hair salon. So I'm just going to recap what she just said. She said the three important factors are about money. And if you don't have the money, you need to figure out how much and how you're going to get it to keep it. And then of course you got to have marketing and then you got to have some passion. Now, I confess, I only had passion. So I opened this of course I didn't figure out how much until it was too late and marketing which I felt oh that would have been nice if I would have learned that so what advice do you have for people like me 
who jumped out there way too soon, which I really didn't want to do it, but I was really kind of forced into it. Uh, so give us some advice because you see there's a lot of complaints about cosmetologists going into the lofts, which by the way, I support, but a lot of people, because uh, I have customers who complain about the loft hairstylists and they feel like they're not ready. Um, so I'm just speaking from personal experience so y'all don't come after me. Don't come after me. I'm just talking about people like myself. I do think I stepped out way too soon. So can you speak to those who are aspiring and give us your thoughts about coming out too soon to open that salon using me as the example? I mean, I could actually use myself as an example because I didn't, I'd use my tax return to open my first salon. And that's all that I had. I didn't have a savings account. But I don't like to use myself as an example because I'm not your regular person. I know how to make money because I do weaves. Like, I do a lot of things. Some people aren't creative. So if you're not creative, I, I can't tell you to do it because I, and I also have two degrees and I had a teaching job. So when I opened my salon, I didn't have money, but I still had my degrees to fall back on. So it didn't go well. I struggled. But then sometimes when things get real hard, I would just go and apply for a teaching position because I'm a certified teacher in family and consumer sciences, which is home economics. So then I can go in the school system and teach during the day. And then I come and do hair in the evenings. So I guess what I would suggest to a person who don't have the credentials that I have, go get a job at Amazon or get some type of job part time to help pay your house bills. Because at the end of the day, you have to pay your house bills and you have to pay those salon bills. Okay. So if you're bringing in a profit, then how are you going to pay your household bills? Because you have to have somewhere to live. So then I would suggest to get a part-time job that's not going to interfere with the salon hours. And you're going to have to figure out how to have the energy. I naturally have high energy. Everybody don't have the energy that I have. But if they can just figure out a schedule where say, okay, well, I'm not going to work on Sunday. Sundays will be my day to relax. Or maybe... Sunday and Monday be my day to relax. I'm going to go hard the other five days. And then, you know, you have to take into consideration how many children do they have? What type of support system do they have? So it's not like an actual cookie cutter that you can use for each person because each person's situation is different. But I do suggest now you have Uber. When I opened my salon, it wasn't Uber. So I know hairstylists who drive Uber on the side to make extra money and do like deliveries for different type of companies to make extra money but you have to sit down and figure out how much money you need to pay your household bills how much money you need to pay the salon bills how much are you bringing in and what's left over okay now this is very very important i appreciate your honesty she's talking about there's not there's no such thing as a cookie cutter approach to how you want to handle your quote-unquote hair business and that is what we are talking about uh, with the one and only which and I, I'm, I told you I had mad respect for so now I got super duper mad respect uh, hair business according to Consquilla and she's saying that of course uh, you, you, you also want to be creative and you want to have some ingenuity because you, you may or you may not come across these challenges but when you are talking about opening your own salon again I'm just going to reiterate she says money you want to have some if not you got to figure out how you're going to keep it how you're going to get it and keep it and of course marketing is very very essential 
don't forget the passion but if for some reason you find yourself in a pickle remember she says to be creative you know think outside the box of how you're going to get more income so become very ingenuous of how you want to do this and be creative and you can definitely reach your goal and not that everybody wants to have both a salon and a beauty school but she definitely is setting an example that you can do both and if she she has a school that you know uh, people can go to and receive 1500 hours and be eligible you know to take that test to become a licensed cosmetologist okay uh, so so now that we've got people understanding how to get it open now here's why I really want you to just come on and you know keep it 100 again and that is now how can they keep it open and but that's another thing I mean it's hard to tell a person that you will have to come like I say you have to be creative if they want to open up a business they have to be creative because I have given classes sometimes I give a weave class and I might sell 10 tickets at a hundred dollars a piece and then pay my rent with that or I do a raffle sometimes and then the money from the raffle can pay the rent for the month. Um, I run specials to get people in the door. So you just have to really sit down and use your own creativity to figure out retailing hair products. Um, do pre-sales so that way you're not using the money up front. If you're selling something, you do pre-sales so then you can take the money from the pre-sales and buy the product and then keep the profit. Wow. That's really, really not these. I don't know. I hope you guys are taking notes. Now, you know, you can play this podcast over and over again. And we have like so many aspiring cosmetologists, barbers. And she talked about, you know, she's being a hair addition specialist. So she's pouring out all these different modalities that you can use to be creative when it comes to opening the hair salon. Of course, if you find yourself in a pickle, Remember, she just talked about being becoming very ingenuous. And now she's saying to keep it open. She's talking about hosting classes, raffles, pre-selling hair care products, offering specials. And all of these are going to fall under, <clears throat> excuse me, marketing. And if you recall, in the, just the previous question I just asked her, she said there's no cookie-cutter cookie way or, or approach to doing this, but she is, you know, highlighting some themes and some fundamentals in her own personal life. And she's saying you can just draw on some of these things that she's doing, but more importantly, and understanding that there's no way to cookie-cut, you have to continue to be creative in this process, okay? So you did mention uh, retail. Uh, what's your take on retail? Is it important? Do you think hair salons or people who are in their private lofts, uh, should we or should they? Uh, is selling retail an important part of salon ownership? Yes, retail is very, very important. I actually have um, hair that I sell. So that's my biggest retail um, in order to get a sew-in with me, you must purchase the hair from me. You can't bring outside hair. 
Oh, so okay. Now, now people love hair, so I'm definitely going to be asking you to share with us. I get, oh, I, I don't do hair additions, but I'm telling you, hair additions will probably never go away, and there is no shortage of people who are looking uh, for hair. So I hope you'll be able to share with us. So uh, continue on about the, uh, you know, your process uh, of retail with your hair. Yeah, so basically, when you get a sew-in, if your sew-in is one sixty-five, then they, the average cost of hair will cost about three hundred to four hundred. So the average person will end up spending about five to six hundred dollars on a sew-in, and the profit is, you know, very good. Okay, so there you have it. You know, when you're talking about retail, a lot of times we think about, you know, rollers and hairpins and shampoos, but this is hair business according to Consquilla. Are you guys listening to what we're saying? And she's telling you that in your service, especially if you are a hair addition specialist or expert or even an aspiring one, she's saying, you know what? You can sell this hair yourself. Now, I know you guys are like, we know that already. The question is how do we find good hair so any tips on how people can um you know uh it look into retail be it hair shampoos conditioners hair pins whatever they want to sell what advice do you have to aspiring salon owners barbers or whatever into selecting you know products and hair what's the tips you have for that well i actually have a vendors list if they would like to purchase it to make it easier but if not they don't want to have a they don't want to purchase one just contact google look for different companies test their product i tested all of the company's products first and i did free sew-ins on people or sew-ins on myself test the product and then i went from there if it didn't shed on me and it went well with me then i knew it was a go Okay, so you guys just keep listening because as you can see, this is some serious hair business according to Consquilla. I cannot say it enough. Um, first, I, I just, oh my goodness, you are really, really bringing a lot of uh, information to people who are listening because these to me are the types of things that doesn't get talked about. When you're talking about you have a list that you can share with people is for purchase you're talking about investing into your career and then she gave you a little nugget you know you're talking about some try it first so i love and i admire the way that you're you know you're customizing this a number one that you can't cookie cut it but also you know you're tapping into that individual source of inspiration of how you can do it you know both ways be it straight and laced and then sometimes you know life happens and how you can kind of work your way you know out of that uh, pickle so with that being said let's talk a little bit about the education of cosmetology you are a uh, beauty school owner again she's the owner of cc's beauty institute and that's located in richmond virginia i don't know but you guys anybody that's been listening to me on my platform you already know i'm out here you know getting my activism on because there's a big push to lower the standards of cosmetology across the United States of America and they're doing that by removing or reducing the hours of education in cosmetology with emphasis around um, the, the clinicals where we're on the floor and we get to learn you know before we actually get out there behind the chair in real life what's your take on the lowering of the standards of education in cosmetology in the United States 
Well, I do think 1,500 hours are a lot of hours. I mean, you really could learn everything in a smaller time frame. A license is needed, but I just think that students should attend school for at least six months. And it should be more hands-on and less theory. Mm. Because at the end of the day, most of the theory is not something that you use in the actual salon. Whoa! Now, I'm, of course, you know this is hair business according to Casquilla. Well, I'm gonna respectfully disagree. Considering you have the higher education, so you have a degree. So tell us what would that six months look like? Because we do have people who are pro. You know what you're talking about, particularly our friends over at the Institute for Justice. They probably they probably tired of hearing from like here she goes again. Uh, but there's always two sides to every story so while I respectfully disagree I would like for you to share with us a a little bit or if you can as as much as you need about what that would look like when you talk about six months and then the the benefits of that hands-on let's talk about that a little bit because I know people who went to beauty school passed they bought the first time because they were good with theory but they still can't do hair because their school didn't teach them how to do hair so I know tons of people, like I have tons of people who come here wanting a job with me, but they can't do anything. My students are only a month in. Of course, they still get their theory, but they've already learned how to do a silk press. They've already learned how to do flex rods. Next week, they're working, they're learning how to do makeup. I have a makeup artist teaching them how to do lashes. I'm going to do a sewing demonstration for them. They're learning how to do hair, but they're still doing their theory too through the online portal. I lay it on them and they're doing real clients so well okay lot, yeah go ahead I'm sorry a lot of people only do mannequins in beauty school they don't do people there's no customers coming in my students will be doing sew-ins next month we having a weave-a-thon so they're going to be doing actual sew-ins on customers and that's the new way. That's the that's the creative way that cosmetology school owners, such as Consquilla Carey of CC's Beauty Institute, uh, are remaining on the pulse of the community because she's saying that there are different, you know, dynamics when we're talking about the education of cosmetology that is different from our uh, our traditional, you know, fifteen hundred hours. She's talking about being creative with perhaps six months of education and let's give the newer cosmetologists more hands-on training so that they can be ready to enter the world of work as 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 uh, it is done behind the chair that's exactly what you're saying correct yes if you give a person 10 months of theory or nine months some you know some states you can do it in nine months you take all this theory you know the book like the back of do hair because nobody want to sit in your chair and you talk about scalp disorders all day. Can you put my weave in? Okay. I'm doing both though. I figured out a way to teach them how to do hair, but most schools, you're not learning how to do hair. You're paying $25,000 to do book work and work on mannequins and that's it. So you should also know that there is uh, something new and emerging in the beauty of co- in I'm sorry in the industry uh, of, of hair, skin, and nails, and this is taking place in Arizona, where they are definitely meeting this challenge. Where they said, you know what? 
if you guys want to lower those hours of cosmetology, we welcome you to Arizona State University and Arizona Community College. So the higher education is definitely willing to cat uh, individuals who are, um, are are opting for more education. So as cosmetology schools are saying, you know what, let's be creative and let's meet the demand for the people who, who are ready to go behind the chair and they need more hands-on training. And so now we have Arizona State University as well as Arizona Community College uh, in partnership with Ross Industry. They're actually offering degrees. Did you know that Consquilla? Yeah, I saw some places have associate's degrees in cosmetology, but at the okay. end of the day, that's still not going to make you a better cosmetologist if you can't do hair. Right, so you have the best of both worlds. So to those people who want that higher education, uh, you can see that there's this big push to offer it to you. Uh, you, you get some more uh, technical knowledge. And then, like she said, if you want to just come on over and actually add some girth, you know, put some uh, some relevancy behind all your fancy words and your big vocabulary and all that good stuff. And can you do some hair is what she's saying. Can you put this weave in? Can you do those finger waves? Can you color the hair? Can you remove color safely? Can you do this in a very time efficient manner? And can you do it with creativity and flair where I'm just not looking crazy? This is what we're talking about when we're talking about hair business according to Casquilla. And she's very adamant for certain that hands-on experience is where it's at because she said, LaDosha, can you do hair and the answer is no so you have a very good point i'm not the best cosmetologist okay so keeping that in mind again you can and i'm going to make sure you guys get this information that she has an outstanding cosmetology school and it's called cc's beauty institute it's located in richmond virginia and she did point it out she also has a hair salon and it's called affordable styles hair salon in baltimore maryland and i'm just loving your beautiful accent by the way i forgot to mention that uh so a little bit so uh so um again you 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 already shared with us about what needs to be added or deleted so what is the future of cosmetology before we wrap this up where do you see the future of cosmetology not only as a salon owner but uh uh you know as the as the owner of cc's beauty institute how do you see this industry i see the industry moving to a level where people will definitely do more training and hands-on classes more cosmetologists will be entrepreneurs because the younger generation they are natural entrepreneurs so i see the younger generation moving on to owning their own business so we will have more business owners in the future I think that is absolutely amazing. Like I said, I'm a big, big, super duper fan of people. And I have my own salon too. And some people were complaining like, oh, I hate the loss. The loss are killing the beauty industry. But I agree with you. I think the youth are speaking and they're saying, you know what? We want something different. We love tradition. We respect it, but we definitely want to carry on. And we want to be what they call unbossed. So um, that is absolutely amazing. So before before we wrap this up, can you please share with us um, how we can reach out to you if we want our hair done? Uh, where can we get some wonderful hair? How can we get the list? And of course, how can we go to your school? 
My, you can visit my school at ccbeautyinstitute.com. I can be reached at 443-630-0037. And I'm actually updating my website. We can go online and do an application to attend the school. And that should be up within the next couple of days. When you go online and you apply, I have scholarship opportunities for everyone, whether it's online or in person, depending on what you have to offer. It's just like an athletic scholarship. What do you have to offer the college? So if you have something to offer me, then I have a scholarship for you. I have six people on scholarship right now. Wow. And, um, not full. One was a full. The rest of my partial. But I have scholarship opportunities. So that, That's amazing. I'm just cheesing over here. I'm sorry. I'm just getting a little excited. Kind of squealer. Go ahead. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And they can follow me on um, Instagram at CC Beauty Institute as well. Okay. Can you repeat that number one more again? 443-630-0037. They can text or call me. I'm pretty good with responding back within oh. 24 hours. All right. So, what? Well, of course, y'all, y'all know I'm the social media queen. So, I'm going to be out there, Consquill. I'm going to go live and tell everybody about our wonderful interview. Maybe I can even get us to do a live interview one day uh, on uh, um, on Instagram so people can see what you're doing in real life. And again, we're talking to the one and only Consquilla Carrie. She is a master cosmetologist. We're not talking about just somebody like she said. We love the fact that you guys have the knowledge but it's imperative very very imperative that you can be able to meet the needs behind the chair because she's saying at the end of the day none of that will really matter if you are not able to meet the demands behind the chair that far exceeds what you can just get in the textbooks not that she's knocking it she's not saying don't get that but she wants to prepare the future cosmetologists for the world of work and she wants to do this in an unbossed way because because she said the future of cosmetology is where people want to have their very own. Now, as a um, um, as a uh, school owner and a uh, salon owner, and of course, you have your degree. Is there a favorite book? Because I'm an author, you know, I love to read. Is there a book or, that you've read or you're reading now that you want to share with everyone that, you know, check this book out? And I'm going to be honest with you, and a lot of people can't believe it. I don't do a lot of leisure reading. I... I just I talk to a lot of people who are successful. Mm -hmm. I observe people. I read articles. I read a lot of articles, but as far as books, I don't read a lot of books. I listen to books, you know, audio books. But it's usually like of a person who I really like. You know, I like Steve Harvey and Lenny Kravitz. So I listen to like their books. All right. But and I like to watch documentaries and interviews. Okay. But I don't read a lot of books. I don't that. And that, it's crazy because I have a master's degree. I have to write a 65-page thesis, but I don't like leisure reading. Well, you don't have to always read because, you know, as, as African folk, we are definitely the masters of oral history. So we appreciate both aspects. And like you said, you can also listen to books. And so she talked about Steve Harvey as one book and then, of course, Lenny Kravitz. And then there's nothing like a good old fashioned documentary. And of course, I really, really appreciate, you know, the information that you share with us about, you know, just not cookie cutting, following your passion, being 
being very ingenuous and understanding that this is going to take um, more than just your typical, you know, six to eight hour work week. You know, she talked a lot about that. And just to also, you know, make sure you take that passion and you follow through all the way through on your dreams and that you can most certainly do it. So again, I thank you so much. And we are talking about hair business according to the one and only Consquilla Carey. And she is the owner, the master cosmetologist of Affordable Styles Hair Salon in Baltimore, Maryland and CC's Beauty Institute in Richmond, Virginia, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too.